Sometimes, the best stories in golf aren't found on tour. You'll find them at the back of the range. And here's your host, Ben Edelberg. And welcome to the Back of the Range Golf Podcast. I am your host, Ben Adelberg. This is episode 180. Busy week here for me as I am literally taking a break from packing to put the final touches on this episode. Not skipping a week this year, no matter where my travels take me, you're getting a new episode each and every week. So this week's intro will be a little bit quicker. I'm sure you're all thankful for that. This morning, I'm heading to Sea Island, Georgia, I'm heading to the Jones Cup Invitational, one of the premier invitationals in the country. Incredible field, huge Walker Cup implications. It's going to be an amazing week. So thankful to the Jones Cup Invitational Committee for inviting me to capture the sights and sounds of this special tournament. Make sure you're following along on social media. Now, you know where to find the back of the range on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. If you don't, the link is in the show notes of this episode or just go to thebackoftherange.com. But also make sure you're following Jones Cup Invitational on Instagram. That's where you'll see a lot of my photos and videos, interviews. I've never been to Ocean Forest Golf Club. That's where the tournament will take place. I'll tell you, I've heard so many incredible stories over the last couple weeks. The place looks amazing. Can't wait to get there. One of the participants in this year's tournament is my guest on this episode of the Back of the Range, Grayson Huff from Auburn University. I was able to catch up with Grayson shortly after his victory at the Patriot All-America Invitational during the last week of 2020. While 2020 was a challenging and frustrating year for all of us, Grayson ended his 2020 on a high note. We spoke about his win, his experience at Auburn, how he got to Auburn in the first place. That's an amazing story and life as a collegiate golfer. Probably one of the most well-rounded and impressive collegiate players I've had the pleasure of speaking with in the history of the back of the range. Fantastic stories throughout this entire episode. Not going to waste any more time. Let's get this episode underway. Grayson Huff, you're at the back of the range. How are you? I'm doing good, Ben. Thanks for having me on. Absolutely. Well, we are here uh, just, you know, kind of inching our way through uh, 2021 for all the challenging issues of 2020 you sure did end it very well picking up a win at the patriot all america we will definitely get to that i know that's a very special term and not just for the win but for other reasons and we'll definitely detail that but um how has your 2021 been coming off of a win and and you know just now getting back into school at auburn um how are things going in 2021 for you you know, 2021 so far, knock on wood, has been good. Um, you know, I traveled a little bit, got to play some golf back with a couple buddies of mine and just have a couple, you know, non-competitive fun days out on the golf course. And um, now I'm back kind of in Auburn and we're getting ready. We start up class coming up here really soon. So I'm getting ready to do all the fun meetings and everything that we have to go through, all the COVID protocols and, you know, testing and whatnot. I think I got testing in like two days. And um, then we're ready to take off the season. So you are at Auburn right now, and we'll definitely talk about your Auburn career. Uh, I know you're a senior. You're, you're, I think you're going to take advantage of a little bit of the COVID extension. I know your season was cut short last year. So you're going to take advantage of having a little bit more eligibility, trying to chase another SEC championship, and then obviously trying to make a run at the national championship. 
But when I think of Auburn and I think of an SEC school, I immediately think that these are kids that are, you know, pulled out of Alabama, obviously, and Mississippi, you know, other other you know cities and states in, in the Southeast Conference where, you know, you kind of grow up with, with it in your blood. And um, you are a native of Eagle, Idaho. <laughs> So, yep. so, uh, help me figure out how a, you know, an aspiring, uh, junior golfer with a couple AJGA wins to his name and, uh, you know, a lot of, you know, pack Northwest golf association wins and success. Tell me about growing up in Eagle, Idaho, first of all, and then we'll start, you know, pulling apart and figuring out how we get from Idaho to Auburn. Well, I can start with saying walking around Auburn and being down here, you can't imagine the amount of times that I've introduced myself, told them where I'm from, and I get one of two responses mainly. The first one is, oh, you're from Idaho. That's an actual state. Like there's a place up there. (laughs) And I'm like, yes, yes, it is. It's in the Pacific Northwest, way up by Washington and Oregon. And they kind of go, oh, okay. And then, you know, you can just tell they have really no clue where it is, but, but they're, you know, being polite. Um, or I get the, uh, oh, so do you live on a potato farm? Yes. Um, that one, that one always cracks me up and I've gone different ways with that and played it, you know, and told them yes and no and whatever. But, um, it, it is, it is interesting introducing yourself from Idaho a lot of times, but I really enjoy it. I love it. And, um, you know, I, I miss it a lot just completely different than Auburn, but they're both incredible the same. So I'm guessing, um, you know, golf can't be a year round sport up there. Well, I guess it could be, but you're, it's, it's not, not obviously going to have as, you know, you're going to have your challenges trying to play golf year round in Idaho. So did you start just completely into golf or I know you played tennis also. So it was golf really your first sport. We moved around when I was a little bit younger and my family kind of bounced around a little bit and my parents have a business in Florida and we lived there for a little bit. And that's where I picked up tennis because Florida is a huge tennis mecca. Sure. Lots of people play it. And that's kind of where I started sports, so to say. Um, that's what it got me into kind of this athletic mode. And then when we moved up to Idaho, I played tennis, but it wasn't nearly as big. And I actually didn't start playing competitive golf until I was a freshman in high school. And, and so I got into, I basically was getting into high school and the school, the high school that I had, I go to didn't have a golf team. So I got to play for the 5A golf, uh, 5A university that had a golf team, uh, Eagle high. And they told me this tennis and golf for the same season. And they basically told me I could only play one. And so I decided kind of on a whim that I was going to play golf. And that's kind of how my golf career started. And it was based a little bit on, I had played that summer in a, and I'll never forget it, but I, I played that summer in a local tournament, the state junior that they had at a local course that, um, actually my great uncle ran it's called Banbury golf course in Eagle Idaho. Nice. And I ended up winning my age division in state that year and like never played in a tournament before had played golf a little bit, but just kind of was doing my own thing. 
And of course, being the, uh, you know, big headed athlete that I kind of am sometimes, I was like, oh, I'm good at this game. I can, easy. I can play. Yeah. You know, one for one. Like, yeah, this great record. I, I, I can win all of these. And um, so I decided to do that and then realized really quick that golf's a humbling game. And, you know, that just, but that kind of spearheaded the uh, the golf pursuit, and it had been in my family for a long time. So I'd known of golf, but never really competitively dove into it. You start as a kid, and you're you're off to the races there. And I know you've had success, as, as I've said, you know, winning a couple AJGA tournaments and and you know success in the Pac West. So when does when does the recruiting start for you? Like I said, I'm from in the outside looking in. I mean, it's great you're you're playing for an SEC powerhouse, but I'm thinking, how is this kid not being snatched up by an Oregon or a Washington or an Arizona State or anyone in the Pac-12? How does Auburn get into the mix? I don't see how this happens. Is there a, is there a specific point where the light goes on or or you make a connection with someone at Auburn? Definitely. So basically. Um, to, to go back a little bit, I kind of realized I didn't quite answer it, but you know, Idaho doesn't have the best golf courses in, in the country. I mean, it's got a couple really good resorts, but you know, they're up North in the mountains and they're only during summertime that you can really play them. And we get about three or four months of the year that we really can't play golf comfortably. You could go out and rain gear and, you know, battle the kind of sleet and rain, but it's no fun for anybody. And the greens are sometimes frozen and it's just terrible. Yeah. But, um, so you, you realize real quickly there that you got to get out of Idaho and play on these bigger stages, these better courses to really home in your game. And so the story of me getting to Auburn basically takes it from Idaho we go all the way over to the UK and we're playing in the British boys. Um, and we're playing at a golf course called Presswick, which is a oh, pretty good, first, pretty good golf course. Site of the first Open Championship. Yes, sir. So my mom is from small town Mississippi, um, just south of Hattiesburg, Mississippi. Okay. And she went to Old Miss, and so she's a huge SEC gal, and she just loves talking to people, but she also loves talking to SEC people <laughs> and giving them, you know, her hottie toddy, you know, go old Miss. Uh-huh. And so we're walking around Presswick and obviously we're American and we're on, you know, foreign soil and don't know a lot of people. And she just happens to see across the hole, my now coach, Auburn head coach, Nick Clinard, and he's got the big old Auburn logos on. Oh. And, you know, me, I have no clue who Auburn is. Like, at this time, I'm an Oregon Duck fan, and all I know is we played Auburn in the national championship, and that's it. Like, right. I don't even know where Auburn – I don't even know where Auburn is. Right. I know it's south somewhere. And so she goes over while during my round and starts just, like, giving Coach a hard time <laughs> and harassing him and, you know, talking with her and whatever. And, you know, the coaches can't really say anything because she's a recruits mom, so – they're kind of like being polite and being like, you know, can you leave us alone? But, you know, she's still giving them the hotty toddy and Ole Miss is better. And how do you feel about the football team? <laughs> okay. She's waving. So she's not even like, you need to come look at my son. She's not even caring about you. It's more like, here's why Ole Miss is better than, than Auburn. She is from, from what I understand from my dad telling me the story and, and kind of giving me the lowdown on the conversation. 
there was very little to do with my golf, which granted I was actually playing pretty good. <laughs> there was not a whole lot going on about it. It was more of talking about football teams and, oh you know, what's going on. And she was asking them about, you know, restaurants they had been to and just like, it had nothing to do with golf. Okay. And so, and so then basically coach gets out of her that she is not just a crazy American running around Presswick <laughs> and that she is following around somebody and finds out that, you know, she's following, she's my mom and he ends up just politely kind of talking through all the stuff and then going, okay, so if your son wants to come visit Auburn or come down and, you know, go through. And at the time, Georgia tech was actually one of the schools that I was looking to go to. Um, he said, you can just come right down and visit. We're not too far away. And, you know, I ended up taking him up on an offer. And another kind of side story to that was when we get here, my dad ended up actually in the emergency room on my unofficial visit. So I was with the coaches going around campus while my dad's in the hospital. And I really had no clue or care of what was going on in Auburn. Right. But all of that leading up to also the way that coach handled the situation with my dad and everything. I just came away from the whole experience and was like, this is somebody that I want to have coach me. And this is somebody I want to play for. And so I ended up, I ended up having the visit. And then about a week later I called him and I said, Hey, I, I want to come to school here. And I think about a month later, I signed my letter to go. That is a, a hell of a story. And I'm glad you, you, put some light on it because I was not able to figure out how that happened. But uh, it's, I mean, it's hysterical how that happens because you're thinking, you know, you got maybe like a helicopter mom that's just like, you know, basically being your PR firm. Nope, that's not what was happening. She was just, you know, picking a fight with someone else in the, you know, in the SEC. Um, well, that's, that's great. I'm glad you shared the story of how you make it to Auburn. Now, before we really kind of dive into a little bit more about Auburn, I can't skip past one last thing about Idaho. Uh, for people listening that don't know what this is, please explain what a spuddy buddy is. <laughs> okay. So the, the I, Idaho is famous for their potatoes. I, I bet everybody knows that. If you've ever been in Five Guys, they always have up on the wall. It tells you where the potatoes are from, and they're always from Oregon or Idaho. Right. I mean, you can always go look at them. But um, – the Idaho Potato Commission is a like PR firm for Idaho that like helps farmers basically show off their potatoes and you know help people. It's all those commercials that you see every once in a while on TV. That's like Idaho potatoes and you know famous whatever, and they do that giant potato on the back of the truck. I don't know if you've seen that in commercials or ever seen it. They drive it around the West Coast and yep. stuff. Um, and Spuddy Buddy is like their mascot. And so Spuddy Buddy is basically a potato that's dressed up. It's got shoes and legs and all those different things. And they have hats and shirts and, you know, like Beanie Baby looking things of, of Spuddy Buddy. And um, actually for Christmas, I got a three foot tall Spuddy Buddy. Um, <laughs> of course you did. <laughs> of course I did. But um, when, I, when we were younger, we went to a tournament in Idaho and they gave us head covers of Spuddy Buddy. And I think I was like, I think I was like 15 or 16. And so I decided that I was going to carry the Spuddy Buddy head cover with me to all the away tournaments, you know, the other states. 
and it just morphed over to I've had it on the bag ever since. And it's been through SECs, nationals, all of my college tournaments. It's gone with me overseas. I mean, I've got a lot of photos of it in different places. And, you know, it's just it's just a fun little thing. And people always ask me what it is. And some people say it looks like, you know, Voldemort from uh, Harry Potter, like just ugly looking thing and all different things. But uh it, it's just like a little token of home, I guess. Where, okay, so you've you've had it overseas. You've had it, I guess, let's see, you've played in the British Am and you've played in, you know, St. Andrew's Lynx. You've, you've, you've played all over the world. Uh, I'm guessing you've had, like you said, you've had a lot of different reactions to it. Is there one maybe that really sticks out where perhaps you had to really explain what it was or so, someone that re- something that really jumps out as, like um, you know, a, a memorable ex, you know interaction you had with someone when they're referring to uh, to Spuddy Buddy. I've had a few. Um, I got a couple funny looks in England when I was playing with a couple. Um, uh, I was playing with a couple guys from Spain, and they were like looking at it, and then they asked me about it, and I explained it was a potato, and then they kind of just like it, it was like it went over their head. Like right. they just did it, Like they had no clue. They're like, okay, cool. You carry a potato head cover. Like, what does that do for you? And I just, I basically stopped trying to explain it. Cause you know, you just can't. But, um, my first, my first couple of years in Auburn, I actually got nicknamed Spuddy buddy of course. because I had it. So, you know, that was, that was interesting. Um, I had the seniors my freshman year. They stole my head cover from me for about a week and a half. Uh-oh. And and they hit it. They made an Instagram for the Spuddy Buddy <laughs> and then followed me and everybody on the team. And it was a private account. And then they took it everywhere with them. I mean, like, they set it up in one of the guys' bathrooms like it was on the toilet. And they, like, <laughs> they put it in a closet like it was looking for clothes. Like, they did all these random things. One of them, like, put it underneath like a car and was like, uh, you got to help Spuddy buddy. Like he's getting run over, you know, like right. all these just random things and they would just send them to me and they did it for like a week straight and I couldn't find it. And then they finally gave it back. But it, you know, it just, it, it, it always draws some sort of attention to it, whether it's good or bad. I've gotten mixed opinions on both of it. Um, I, it, it's just, it's, it's grown on me since, you know, and I'm kind of used to it now. So I don't think I'm going to get rid of it anytime soon. I don't think you can. I think, uh, I, I think when you get to the next level after your collegiate career ends, uh, I, I, I can kind of almost picture some sort of a sponsorship deal by someone in Idaho where, uh, <laughs> I think that's, we're just going to put that out in the universe. I think at some point after your, your amateur career ends, I would imagine that there will be something on a golf bag um, in your future. So we'll just leave it at that. Um, (laughs) so when I think of Auburn, obviously you have to think of Alabama, um, you know, roll tide and war Eagle. And, and I think for anyone that follows sports, you know, that, you know, one of the, you know, obviously it's one of the greatest sports rivalries of all time. You think Red Sox, Yankees, and you think giants and jets or anything like that. And I guess, you know, I've seen many different ESPN documentaries where they show just how intense this rivalry is where, you know, you have houses divided where you got the husband's a Bama guy and the wife's an Auburn lady and they're not, you know, they're in different bedrooms and it's just, you know, around the Iron Bowl, it gets just absolutely insane. Is it like that for you guys 
in golf? Like, is there that fierce of a rivalry between your your team and um and the Crimson Tide uh, on the golf course? I would say yes, and I would say to the point where, like, I'll, I'll say like Wilson Fur is a good friend of mine, and I know Wilson. We talk, we hang out a lot, and I'll see him at other tournaments, you know, outside collegiate events or whatever, and. You know, I'll say hi to him. We was at Merido and we talked and, you know, we discussed how to play the course and, you know, just normal stuff that we do every week. So I'm not going to like not talk to any Crimson Tide golfers when I'm out there or whatever. But like, uh, you know, we go into college events and we get there and, you know, they always I don't know why they always put us in Alabama next to each other. I think people who set up the range think it's funny because uh-huh. we, always, we always end up like fighting over that like third spot that you get. That's kind of the communal spot, but right. like whoever gets there first kind of gets it. Um, and you know, it just little things like that. Like there are a little kind of, if it was Vanderbilt, we'd be like, okay, whatever. But it's like, it's, it's Alabama. So we're like, no, you can't have that spot. Like that's ours. <laughs> and, 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 and it, there, there are some little things, um, you know, I think as far as football, sometimes Georgia gets thrown in the mix too because they've been pretty decent, and I've gotten a lot of heat from some Georgia fran- fans just wearing Auburn gear. But I will say, like when it starts getting to Iron Bowl, uh, it's it's a ve- it's a different crowd. I mean, it those are some of the coolest. My experiences with the Iron Bowls have been phenomenal, and just anytime it's iron bowl week or anything like that i actually i skipped iron bowl my freshman year to go home for thanksgiving and i i will never do it again like i i will ne- i will go to as many iron bowl fo- football games i don't care if we lose by 40 or we win by 40 like just going and experiencing them is incredible it's so much fun and you just walk away from there knowing like if we beat Alabama, at least we can say we beat Alabama that year. And like, they have nothing to say about it except for maybe call us like trailer trash or that, you know, <laughs> we're the little brother, you know, it's sure. But like it, it, it does. I mean, and then when we get to golf, I mean, we had the secs against Alabama and we beat them at secs and it was a huge deal. And then we played them that same year in the semifinals at nationals and we lost to them. And, you know, it was like, it, it was one of those things where you were like, oh, okay. Um, you know, that hurt more than normal, but you know, it's, it, it, it is a, it is a big deal to us sometimes. Well, it, as it should be, I just was curious if that it was on the same level of, of, of fandom and, and just crazy rivalry that you see on when it comes to football. So not only, I mean, this is, this is for you and this is for Alabama and everyone in the SEC. I mean, you guys, you know, especially Auburn, you're, really trending. I mean, you guys won three out of your last four tournaments right before COVID. And I think you guys were probably, I mean, right around the time, I think you guys were heading down here to the Valspar to play, uh, to play at the Floridian. And, you know, it affected everything. It affected all, all sports, uh, you know, the economy and just, you know, the, the health of, of the entire nation and everyone around the world, but just in our little pocket of, of amateur golf, I'm thinking that, man, you guys must have been feeling like, okay, we are ready to go. We are, you know, maybe a month away from the SECs and we are going in the right direction. How, how, and as a senior, how much did that affect, 
I'm guessing your the way it affected you and your team probably affected your team worse than just about everyone else. I mean, I'm thinking I'm kind of thinking of Pepperdine also. Thinking mm-hmm. of, I'm thinking of the teams that were really I mean, a lot of great teams in college golf, but I'm thinking the ones that were really hot. Thinking of you and thinking of Pepperdine, how did you guys deal with it when you got the news that you weren't going to be finishing up your spring season? No, that that's a great question, and and we definitely, I mean, it definitely hurt. Um, we were, you're exactly right. We were headed to the Valspar. We were actually sitting in coach's office with the van in the in the driveway of our facility, basically like packed up, and we were getting ready to go. And that's when he got the call that the tournament might not happen, and then we got the call that okay, the tournament's not happening, and your season might be done. And then we got the call, okay, your season's done, but we might play SECs. And it just, I mean, it was like five hours of sitting at the facility, kind of just banging your head on the wall, just like, okay, what else are they going to take from us? And um, it, it did hurt. I mean, and then I know those guys at Pepperdine were excited to go out and play, and, and we were excited to go out and play because, like you said, we were trending, and we had a good schedule coming up, and we always try to – get everything together for secs regionals and nationals those are our three big tournaments that we play every year and those are the ones that like mean the most you know you get there and it's a special week at sea island where we play secs and it's just a lot of fun but you know we go in there it's like okay we want to win this we want to show that we're one of the best teams and then regionals is stressful to say the least and probably the most stressful tournament of the year but you know, that's our that's our go time. Those are our majors. And so we we felt like we were doing well and getting ready to go to them and basically was cut short. And uh, it hurt. It hurt a lot. And part of the reason that I decided to come back this year was because there was a lot of upside for us playing SEC's regionals and nationals this year. And I felt like we didn't I didn't fully get the opportunity to, to go out the way that I, I would have liked to. I've talked to other guys on the podcast in similar situations where they were kind of weighing their options about, you know, do I, do I just turn pro and, and, you know, get started with my professional career or do I come back? And, you know, some, I could tell they were kind of coming back to school because there really weren't great options, not necessarily that they wanted to go back to school, but perhaps, you know, like I said, there's, there's nothing else to play in. So you might as well. But just by listening to you and how much you love Auburn, I'm guessing this was a pretty quick decision where you just you really don't want to leave Auburn and you want to make another run at a championship. No, you're definitely you're definitely right there. I mean, it was there. There was a lot of a lot of decisions being made and and a lot of things on the table to look at. And it, it wasn't as quick as you would think, but. You know, I got a lot of comments from my teammates here that, you know, are underclassmen and whatever. And and they were talking to me about, hey, are you going to come back? Or, are you going to do this? And there was a lot of them that, you know, obviously they probably had personal reasons in it, too. But I got a lot of comments of, hey, if you come back, I think we're going to be really good this this coming year when we get to play. And and that on top of like some of the other guys have said, you know, there wasn't a lot of options. There wasn't a lot of places to go. The PGA Tour U rankings popped up, and this is the first year that they're in effect. And it just, it almost, I, I've been through a lot of different and weird situations in my life, and it seems like a lot of the times you just kind of get to a point where one option just almost stands out like that's the clear choice. And yeah. 
there was a week or two where it was kind of muddy and then it kind of just it just kind of light bulb went on and dawned on me and it's like look like this is where you want to be you love this place and you we didn't get to go out the way you wanted to and we can step in and and Yvonne was talking about coming back and once we kind of decided we were going to come back then it was full steam ahead on okay how do we get ready for secs regionals and nationals this coming year if we can play them like we want to be ready to to go out there and show that you know auburn can compete with the big boy schools like osu and oklahoma and bama and all those other teams that you know they're normally on the watch list for national championships you mentioned uh yvonne rabula who is uh, your teammate at auburn um british amateur champion you know I'm, I'm looking at your current roster and you know you got Couple Florida guys, Vogel Song and Kozan, uh, you know, South Florida guys from from my area, and then got a got a guy from Kansas as well, Wells Pageant, and then a bunch of guys from Alabama, and then um, you know you look around and you got this kid from Idaho, and then this kid from <laughs> South Africa, and I'm thinking those two can't be further apart, but you got, I mean, <laughs> I don't know how you get start talking about the similarities there, but. But you guys are, are, are close friends, so tell me about the first time. I think you were there a year before he was. So, I was. Yeah, so tell me about meeting Jovan, and um, and then also we got to talk into the, uh, the the rivalry between your uncles. So uh, <laughs> yeah, we got We got to get into that. But but tell me where you meet him, and and how do you guys click so well? I was here a year before Jovan. You know, they were talking about, hey, we have. We have Ernie Els's nephew coming on next year. You know, he's coming to the school. Like Ernie Els's nephew's coming. Like it was, it was the, it was the talk of the team. They're like, right. oh, it'll be cool, and like maybe Ernie will come hang out and you know do all this stuff. And yeah. Ernie's doing, you know, keg, they were, yeah, Ernie's doing keg stands with you guys. Yeah, that's gonna. Happen. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. No, they were, they were like, hey, like, look, Yovan's a great golfer, but like he's Ernie Els's nephew. Like he might come. You know, it was like <laughs> it was, it was that stuff. And then you can't. I can't state this enough, but you, you will not meet a nicer guy and somebody that just, you know, Yovan has done so much in his golf career and, and done so many things. And he is such a, such a great influence on this team. But, you know, we got, we got here and he's six, four and I'm five ten, And I remember him walking in freshman year and I just look up at him. I'm like, all right, well, you look like Ernie. Like, <laughs> yeah. And then, and then he started swinging the club and I was like, you swing like Ernie. So uh, hopefully you're as good as Ernie. Yeah. And, um, and then we just, we just kind of went from there. But I mean, I don't think, I don't think any of the guys on the team have any bad things to say about Yovan. And, and, you know, he just, he just became kind of a, a leader and a guy that guys wanted to be around on the team from, you know, day one. And he's played in a lot of events and, um, I was actually, I played in the British Am that he won and I missed the cut and I was over there waiting a week cause I was going to play in the British open sectional qualifying. And I went out to the final match that he was there. And there's a, there's a funny picture of me and Yovan holding the British trophy, the British Am trophy. And, um, it's a lot heavier than you think, but I'm a lot shorter than he is. <laughs> and he was standing on kind of an uphill slope uh -huh. and I was on the downhill so this, I mean, the trophy looks bigger than I am in this picture and Yovan dwarfs both of us. So, um, but we just kind of have become friends over the years here and, and we're both older. Um, I say that cause he's a little younger than I am. I'm older than just about everybody in college golf besides Quaid. 
And um, Quake Cummins is 32 years old, just for the record, just letting everyone know. Yeah, well, then I'm 30. So, Perfect. <laughs> but, um, but uh, he is, he's just awesome. And then when we decided to come back this year, I actually am rooming with him this year. So it's me and him in an apartment and um, dangerous. You know, it's just, yeah, well, it's just, it was funny to me because I didn't, again, didn't really know where South Africa was. Like you can find it, but I just didn't know what it was about or what it's right, anything it's right, was. It's right next to Idaho, by the way. Yeah. Right, right there. And, um, and then I'm ended up rooming with a guy who he's teaching me Afrikaans and, you know, I, I like, I didn't even know Afrikaans was a language. So, you know, it's it just little things like that, that are just, it's pretty cool. And, and I think our friendship has grown a lot since we've moved in together, obviously. And, um, I think also through all the COVID stuff, I mean, we both kind of have the same desire to, to get out there and, and do something great for Auburn and kind of leave our legacy. And, um, it's just kind of built since there. So leaving legacy at Auburn, I mean, obviously, you know, people are going to immediately think about, um, you know, championships and trophies and, and getting more attention to the golf team and, and that way getting more players to, to want to come to Auburn, you know, looking at, uh, you know, looking at you the same way that probably you guys were looking at, uh, you know, at a Jason Duffner, but, I definitely want to hit upon something. When did you and, and Yovan really get into your volunteer work? Because I know it's something that uh, you, you guys spent a lot of time. You've won awards, uh, you know, for, for your volunteerism on campus. When did that start? And maybe how has that, I guess, changed you throughout the years? They did a program. Basically, you come into Auburn as an athlete your first year, and they put you in this program with all the other you know, freshmen first years or transfers that are first year on Auburn. And they basically group you up so you can meet people. And then they try to help you adjust to being Auburn life and teaching you the creed and, you know, where everything is on campus and how it works at Auburn. And it's like orientation for the athletes, basically. Um, But after my freshman year, I jumped into kind of being a leader on that and then jumped into a bigger role the next year. Um, but in the process of doing that, I realized that I enjoyed helping out people a lot more. And and since then, there was other opportunities through like the Duffner Foundation where I was able to help pack lunches for underprivileged kids in the area around Auburn who might not get lunch over the weekends or yeah. you know come from a family that can't provide every meal for them. And I just... It, as I started stepping into those, there was just opportunities that just kept placing themselves in front of me that I just kept taking. And, and, and Yovan was kind of the same way. And and he did it a little bit more through his golf. And, and he has a little bit, I would say he probably has the more recognizable name than I do in the fam in the house. So, you know, if somebody comes there, look for Yovan and not for Grayson Huff, but, um, he used that and, and he's golfing and, and, also with his his uncle and his cousin who has autism and, and going through all that, he's just always had a natural kind of soft side for that that work. And we've bonded over that a little bit because it's just something that you don't really run into, uh, you know, guys in their 20s that are really kind of looking to help out other people. And I don't say that in, in a negative way, but, you know, it's just not 
are on the front page of people's agenda at our yeah, age. Yeah, you're trying to get yourself established, and and everyone's in the rat race and busy, and you're balancing school and golf, and and you know, you know, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and so and when we just kind of we just kind of have taken it from there, and and we both have we both have there's kids at the golf course here that um you know Yovan and I have both played with their dads just around the the area and and played golf with them. And then they've asked if we would just go out and play 18, nine holes with these kids that are, I think, um, the, the kid that I'm talking about is 11 and, and the kid that Yovan helps out is probably like 12 or 13. And we just go out and we just play golf with them and, you know, have try to help them have fun with the game and teach them a couple shots here and there. And, but, you know, like us just being out there with kids that age and, and playing, you never, you never know what that kid's going to end up going on and doing. And that's the big thing for me that I've always said is, you know, we talk about leaving a legacy, but I think Yovan and I have really gotten down to, you know, we more or less want to leave foot footprints and and, and a path for people to take our, take our route that we've gone and, and continue on to do great things that they can do. And so if we can make it easier for them to, you know, become a professional golfer, or if the kid that I'm, you know, mentoring, so to say, and, and helping out with golf learns a couple life skills from me and ends up going on and becoming a politician or whatever, if they can do something that helps out and makes other people's lives better, it's just better for us all the way around. And so I think Yovan and I just kind of live and do stuff like that because of our personalities and the way we were raised. And it's just, I think it's just fulfilling for us outside of golf that's awesome well I, I definitely want to hit upon that because i know that's something that's very important to you and and it's incredible how much when you start when you start volunteering and giving of your time it's almost like you get more out of it than the people you're helping i think that's great and and before i ask you about your your recent win at the patriot all america um you know, I try and lean on my guests um, here and there to kind of share some advice with with the people that are listening to these episodes. And I, I, you know, mentioning Yovan, I mean, you guys tie for medalist honors at the 2019 SEC Championship, where you guys have to go into a playoff for the individual title. He ultimately wins. But the reason I'm bringing this up is that, as you said earlier, you know, you know all the guys you're playing against in the SEC, and whenever you guys are at a USAM or at Merido or anywhere else like that, you, you pretty much know everyone. You're playing these competitive rounds with friends. How do you play your best and keep a competitive edge when you're playing against friends or, you know, even even teammates, as, as this turned out? But, you know, for people listening that are playing a club championship and, you know, maybe they've got a guy that's in, in his – weekend game but now they're facing off in the club championship how do you play your best when you're playing against a friend no that that's that's a good question um the the sec sec thing i always joke because i say that the guy that was writing the names on the uh the historical past champions list ran out of ink because i only got an asterisk and yovan gets his full name <laughs> so um but you know it is really difficult when you're playing against somebody, you know, or somebody that you practice with because they know your faults and, and, and they know what you struggle with and they know where it's going. I mean, I will vividly remember this is Yovan hit a, a, on the first playoff hole at SEC's Yovan hit it in a bunker up next to the green. And I hit it to about 20, 30 feet and we're walking up there and 
I forget somebody said something in the crowd or or near where I was, and they said, "Oh, Grayson's gonna win this because he's got it locked up because Yovan's in the bunker and he's not gonna get up and down from there. He's a really bad lie." And I just remember thinking in my head, I go, Yovan is probably one of the best bunker players I know. He is going to get this up and down. So if I want to win this, I got to make this 25-footer. And sure enough, Yovan hit it to like a foot. And I barely missed mine. And we ended up playing three more holes. So when you're playing somebody that you know their game and you know what's going on, it does make it more challenging. But, you know, I've always been one of the guys that, tries to play the course as best I can. So I play whatever the setup is. And if my friends end up beating me that week, then, you know, they played the course better than I did. But it it, it makes it more fun, I think, playing them because if I don't play anybody I know, then, yeah, I go home and we either win or lose. But if I go home after my friend and I lose to him, I can always send him a little bit like, Hey, you got a really lucky break. Just want to let you know it won't happen again. <laughs> or, you know, stuff like that, because it makes, it makes conversation after the round a little bit more interesting if you're playing your friends. But, um, I just always try to focus on playing the course as best I can and taking advantage of my opportunities and then seeing where the cards fall. Well, you take this, uh, you have this great opportunity to play in the Patriot all America out in Arizona. This is, you know, really such a unique event, not only because it's right at the very end of the year. I mean, I think the final round is on New Year's Eve and it's out there in Arizona. So it's just such an incredible event where you're, it's in honor of the, of the military. I think everyone that's in the field is carrying a golf bag with a, a fallen hero uh, on the bag, uh, a fallen hero's name on the bag. And, for someone whose birthday falls on Veterans Day, I mean, this is kind of like the story writes itself. And I know that afterwards, when you were kind of being interviewed after the win, you were a little bit kind of, you know, dazed and confused, not sure what to say because you just it hadn't sunk in yet. But, uh, you know, little time has passed. How how do you rank that victory amongst all of your achievements so far as a uh, as an amateur? Yeah, I I hadn't realized the whole tie-in with my birthday and the tournament. I hadn't thought about that, and that is um, that is pretty poetic. I, I guess I guess I wrote that one up pretty good. Um, <laughs> but yeah. uh, I think everybody that goes and plays in the Patriot, it was a little different this year, just with the COVID stuff and everything, but. I think everybody that goes there has no, for the first time, they have no idea what they're getting into. And I don't think it sinks into you necessarily until you get done with the first tournament, like your first time playing there. And then you realize kind of what the week meant and what you were able to do. I can tell you, I, I'm, I'm picturing the interview right now. And part of me being teary eyed was because I was looking at my dad and he was crying and it, it was hard for me to see that. But, you know, the other thing was, it's just, it was that tournament. I've always, I've played it twice now and both times I've gotten to the course and it's just been like this, this peace and calm, but you just get there and you just realize that it's so much bigger than you. And there's so many, you, you know, we're playing a game, but you know, there's people that died and sacrificed for us to be, able to play this game and to do what we love. And we just get a small glimpse of it at this tournament of how important it is to a lot of 
people. It, it, it really is something special to be, uh, be able to honor somebody that gave their life for me to be able to just go out and play golf. And so it, it just meant a lot. And, you know, I think I was, I was laughing with one of the guys too. He was, he was handing me the trophy and it was, um, it's a American flag that they folded from the Luke air force, uh, color guard folded it and put it in, you know, a little case and, and they give it to me and, and it flew on the base and, um, just having the American flag, but he was handing it to me and he said, well, next time I hope we see you at, you know, the waste management, I'm giving you a $7 million check. And I kind of looked at him and I said, yeah, that would be really cool. But <laughs> I almost think this is really like more valuable because it's, it's really sentimental and it just means a lot. I mean, without the sacrifice and the things that people have done for us, you know, I wouldn't have the opportunity to get a $7 million check at the waste management. So, yeah. you know, it's, like, it's, it's stuff like that. And, and it, it just, it just means more when you get there and, and it's i'm not trying to use that as a play on the secs thing you know no, this well it's, it's two different it's two different it's really two different things i mean yeah it's 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 an it's yeah it's two different things and and i think i think too like i've had military family members and 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 people that have gone through the military throughout my family history and and i think just when you realize and understand it um i think that's the biggest thing for me is just sitting down and, and realizing that I can live in a great country like this and be able to do the things that I love. And I know we're having political craziness going on and all this stuff, and I'm not trying to be political or anything like that, but You're good. You know, it just, it just is something to me that just, it just meant more. It just, it just got to me. And, and the guy saying amazing grace at the end and, you know, we just get to salute the flag and, it just, it just meant a lot to me personally. And it's definitely, it's definitely something that I will probably never, never forget in my lifetime. And I know it's, people are like, oh, well, it's just a college event and it's just this, but it's just the meaning, you know, it's just the sentimental value to it. No, that's, that's well said. And I'm, and I, the more I think about it, I'm thinking about a guy that spends a lot of time volunteering and giving back. I mean, you know, there's a lot of great players in that in that tournament. A lot of those guys that were there have been guests on the podcast, and and I've seen them at, at other collegiate events. I know that uh, I know that Joey Verzich was uh, was in the final group with you. Um, you know, spoken to him quite often. But I'm just thinking, you know, as someone on the outside looking in, you, you really are the perfect person to 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 win that championship and. Um, you know, have your name associated with the Patriot uh, All-America, you know, for, for years to come, no matter where your golf career takes you. Uh, I can totally see that that's going to be something you're going to look back on. And the other thing, not to make light of it, but you get a fighter jacket as a winner. I mean, you get this leather bomber's jacket. That's got it. That's right up there as one of the coolest, uh, coolest trophies I think you can get. I mean, I, I'm thinking about all the other jackets. I mean, there's the green and the gold and all that you know, there's the tartan and there, there's many jackets, but that one's pretty damn cool. No, I agree. And I already had the aviator, so it, it completes the ensemble. Uh -huh. Perfect. Perfect. <laughs> Not to put you on the spot, but if you, you win this jacket, you have this aviator's jacket, Maverick and Goose and Slider and, and Viper, those are kind of call signs associated with Top Gun. Spuddy Buddy really isn't a good call sign for an aviator. No, that, no, no. we're going to need to work on that. No. 
<laughs> no, that 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 one wouldn't go over as well for a call sign. Yeah. I don't know. Um, they've uh, coaches dubbed me uh, Spud Farmer a little bit too, so <laughs> so good. maybe that one's a little bit better. Uh, uh, it's got how, a little fl- more flow. How does Huff sound? Huff sounds good. There too. we go. Yeah, we'll just we'll just stick with that one. Um, <laughs> wow. Well, Grayson, I appreciate you joining me here at the back of the range. Um, great stories. I mean, I love talking to the collegiate players. I love finding out how one makes it from Eagle, Idaho to Auburn. But uh, <laughs> you know, there's there's so much more to your career. I love the volunteerism. I love just you know how you're really taking the responsibility of being a collegiate athlete uh, to heart. And I know it's going to be tough for you to leave Auburn, but um, enjoy the spring. Enjoy the next run at uh, at another championship, and we'll see you again at some point here at the back of the range. I appreciate it. No worries. Thanks for having me on. I had a good time. And there you have it. Special thanks to Grayson Huff from Auburn University for joining me here on this episode of the Back of the Range Golf Podcast. Don't forget, follow along on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Go to thebackoftherange.com for merch. And, uh, hey, leave a review if you can. That would help. I'll be at the Jones Cup. Make sure you're following along on Jones Cup Invitational on Instagram. We'll see you next time here at the back of the range.